Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And welcome to Get The Table, another wrestling roundtable discussion podcast with myself, Adam Wilborn, and one of the Dadly Boys, Michael Hamflet from What Culture, here to discuss another burning wrestling issue. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts, where we review Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AW Dynamite, pay-per-views, we have interviews, more roundtable discussions like this one, and a round of the week complete with a bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle chat, as I said, though, joined by Michael Hamlet and Sir, we are gathered here. We are socially distanced here today, for now at least, to talk about what needs to happen when WWE crowds return. A lot of excitement around this at the moment. Uh, there's even news today about WWE talking about SummerSlam being WrestleMania caliber, with fans obviously in attendance. They're coming back in and around the Money in the Bank weekend. How are you feeling about fans' return? Uh, and you've had some ideas, haven't you, about the necessary think- steps that WWE need to take next? Yeah, um, feeling pretty great about fans returning. Who isn't, you know? Um, WrestleMania, <laughs> WrestleMania and Double or Nothing were like almost religious experiences for me as a long-standing wrestling fan, as somebody that has missed the best version of the thing that he loves the most. Um, and I imagine that's a sentiment shared by a lot of people. But the knock-on effect of both those shows is that everything feels secondary in their wake. Uh, WWE and the Thunderdome, I mean, partly some of that is because of the creative Jesus Christ, but like like Thunderdome WWE has felt even worse post-WrestleMania because you had this brief glimpse of the old world across those both nights, night one in particular, just a special, special night. And then even AEW, even back in Daly's place, um, in as good as a full building, but not with that live energy of Double or Nothing, I think has hampered the experience of watching Dynamite, has hampered the experience of Dark Elevation and the like, because they're sat there for a sustained period. And it's not that you're getting the hype of Double or Nothing, you're getting the reminder of sometimes fans aren't everything. You're getting the, the wrong end of it. You're like, oh, fans can actually be quiet too. You can see an atmosphere, but you can't hear one. Hmm. And then it's just what, what you want is that that live feeling every week, you know, fans that have turned up for this show and are getting this experience. And yeah, they're it was an easy sort of piece to 
like to write for the website if you want to go check out a list on it and it's like easy to talk about today because everything that we're speculating on fun, like fundamentally it's for the betterment of the product like fans football's cliche for the last year with both football fans has been football is nothing without the fans mm. it's been absolutely fine I've hated to see it, but it's been absolutely fine. <laughs> Football is nothing without te- without television coverage. That's the reality. And we, <laughs> through our televisions, have seen countless empty arena games. Wrestling, very clearly, like can exist in the same way. But realistically, how long will people keep watching it? Numbers have tumbled for just about every product. Like numbers have tumbled, and I just think fans really like what we've missed in the last year as we're just getting back in snatches now. Um, it's very easy to fantasy book the highlights that are to come as a result of, as you say, a WrestleMania-sized SummerSlam or an exciting Money in the Bank or whatever, because it's just like the thirst is real. Like we all want that. We all want that energy back. It's going to help the product exponentially. Uh, I said, obviously, crowds are going to be back in and around Money in the Bank weekend, and you've got plans immediately after for something they immediately need to pull the trigger on. Yeah, I mean, I would. you could do this on the show itself, or you could do it certainly on a post money in the bank raw. Um, is a cash in. I don't know if I just happened to watch the right ones recently, but in research for other articles, I found myself watching Bailey's in 2019 and Dolph Ziggler's in 2013. Oh. And just the you know the really memorable ones, and they even in the years where the winner has gone on like losing streaks, or the briefcase just hasn't felt particularly prestigious, or even the winner when winning the belt hasn't felt like a guy that they're going to go with long-term. You know, those ones that it's like, ah, oh, this is a fun... CM Punk springs to mind. Oh, it's a fun cash-in, but they don't have faith in CM Punk yet. You know, when he was still the, like, long-haired, this fire burns, XCW guy versus the, mm. the pipe bomb dropper he'd become in a couple of years. It just generates this huge, like, impulsive roar from the crowd because they're getting something that they know is theirs. I've lived through that, seeing mm. them as cash-in, you... This is something that you know is yours and yours alone. You're witnessing a little bit of history. There's a tension and an energy in the building before the person wins the title. Because once they've cashed in, there's such a sense of finality to it. And you need to see them like follow it through and win the belt. You know, um, on the flip side of the amazing reactions, you've got the likes of the Baron Corbin cashing, where people hate Baron Corbin so much that they're laughing that he's lost. (laughs) And that was when like, Jinder Mahal was world champion. People would have taken anybody but Jinder. But suddenly seeing Baron Corbin fail was a joy almost as much as seeing others succeed. And it just feels like an easy one. It's the middle of the year. They don't have a Royal Rumble with which to mine 30 individual pops, like following 30 individual countdowns, all that like really great call and response stuff with the crowd. But they do have the promise of a guaranteed title change and the electrifying buzz of a Money in the Bank briefcase holder's music hitting as a champion is laying prone in the ring and 15,000 people knowing exactly what's happening. I just feel like that's this, it's a trope at this point, but this is a time for tropes because we haven't had crowds making noise to those tropes for 13, 14 months. And I just feel like it's a it's an easy win for them. Put, give one of those briefcases to a super hot baby face that hasn't won a belt before and then watch the reaction when a bunch of people are about to see them win a belt. I've, I've convinced myself now, by the way, that Sami Zayn needs the money in the bank briefcase. So he ain't cashing in. I want him <laughs> to hold it. I want him to be this shadow over all of it. I want him to just be like, no, I'm not going to wrestle because I know the record of people who wrestle when they got the money in the bank briefcase. They always bloody lose. And he can, he's Teflon, he can eat those losses. But him just skanking around everywhere to both shows, 
to all champions, like, oh, be careful because oh, got this. Imagine mm. like, just off the top of my head, a Liv Morgan. A, the, the investment of like, all right, you've talked about Liv Morgan. Uh, we've heard what you're saying. We know the social media reaction. Like you say, we don't really know if people are over and we'll talk about that in a second. The the investment of like, all right, there she's, there you go. She's got the briefcase. And on the Raw, after Money in the Bank, because the women's division on Raw is just, I mean, who is the good baby faces there? Charlotte Flair or Rhea or a combination of that being unbearable. Liv Morgan cashes in. The roof had come off the sodding place. Absolutely. There's tons of combinations, man. Honestly, there's loads. At the Money in the Bank pay-per-view itself, um, I did a list, um, which you can find on whatculture.com, in which I was the first person to name Jackson Riker as a potential Money in the Bank winner before he'd even split from Elias. So I'm taking full responsibility for that. But in that article, um, I pitched Xavier Woods winning as a babyface. Imagine, um, let's say Bobby Lashley is a champion um, and is like just lost a hard-fought match. I just won a hard-fought match, but he's knackered and he's down. And Woods has won the case that night in the opener. Imagine the New Day music hitting at that point. And it's a dual-brand pay-per-view, so Big E and Kofi can both come to the ring with him. Like, something along those lines. Yeah. Like, just think of a babyface that you love and the sting of their music hitting to the roar of the crowd as a champion lays in the ring. Um, I, I think about things that I would want to see at the first show I get the privilege of being able to attend. Mm. And this was definitely one of them. Uh, another thing you talk about, uh, which is an open goal as well for blowing the roof off a place, whether it be your money in the bank or the, the shows after that, or, you know, the shows after SummerSlam or in the build to SummerSlam is a major return. You talk about signings as well. And, you, you know, we, that's one thing. But the return of, as you suggest in the article, a Becky Lynch or whisper it, a Daniel Bryan would... I mean, it'd blow, blow up the internet, wouldn't it? Yeah. And the, th- the thing is, the only thing that they've had to blow up over the last year is the internet. Like, imagine blowing up the internet because of a crowd reaction. So you get both. <laughs> you actually get what you get your meme. You know, you get Triple H's funny face, but it's to, a, it's to noise. It's to what wrestling is supposed to generate, which is emotion. Dusty Rhodes reaching out with his hand, touching your hand. But it's actually something tangible and something real, and it's a pop. Um, yeah, Becky Lynch, I put CM Punk in a picture because it's just fun to like like whip up a bit of speculation about CM Punk returning because at this point I'm more than happy for it not to happen, but it's funny to watch people get buzzed for it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Becky Lynch and Danny Bryan were the first names that came to mind as realistic returns, I guess. Um, basically, mirror what WWE got in one of their last ever crowds, which was Edge's return at the 2020 Royal Rumble. Mm. That return now feels like it was 100 years ago because... <laughs> The poor guys basically had to work most of it through a pandemic. But like that, that there was what, like that reaction was what WWE were going for to such an extent that they missed the first spear because they luxuriated in that crowd so much that they forgot about the wrestling. But that was ultimately what they were aiming for in trying to keep that secret, in trying to have Edge lie effectively on social media and say that Dave Meltzer was talking bollocks and his return wasn't happening and like just try and put it off as long as possible so that people as much as they wanted to believe they didn't have it in their heart to believe um it's the type of pop i have a feeling because i remember how i felt when he arrived christian would have got the royal rumble Mm. this year i legit popped at home watching a goddamn thunderdome pay-per-view when christian came out in his gear for the royal rumble and he was working and he was back um it's the sort of thing i think he would have got and yeah like becky lynch 
every image that sneaks out of Becky Lynch, whether it be in training or like with Seth or with a really nice, I saw one of her with like some nice artwork that somebody had done with her and her dad. Um, she's fighting fit, man, or she certainly looks it. Mm. Um, and wrestlers are super athletes, so maybe that's just like maybe that's just her everyday shape. <laughs> but something tells me she's got one eye on some sort of return, even if it's just part time. Um, Brian, we just don't know the status of. He was a guy rumored to be part of the New Japan WWE conversations. Um, so maybe he's more WWE than a lot of AEW fans would like to think. I don't know. Um, but yeah, one of those names. Or like, I say a sign-in, but it just doesn't necessarily feel like a sign-in. I have one more pitch for this as well. Um, but I feel like he may come up elsewhere. Um, it's like, so I'll try and like think of somebody different, but a, a particular NXT call-up mm. that is known for drawing fabulous reactions with the crowd. Um, there's a few that they could pick from there. Yeah, just something that would give that crowd, again, it's a bit like Money in the Bank, something that they walk away talking about, that old adage of when you're leaving the building, what is it that you're having a conversation about? And it's generating that moment. And uh, we were talking today on the news about them talking, uh, WE wanting SummerSlam to be WrestleMania calibre and John Cena being involved with a, with a Roman Reigns main event would unquestionably sell out Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. There's another name that we very quickly need to mention, not to spoil this entire list, but... Brock Lesnar. Andy was sat there yesterday going, no, nah, he's not doing it. There's no reports. There's no word on it. And I was like, yeah, of course not. It's June. They don't think about it until the last pay-per-view is finished. Then they think, <laughs> oh, bloody old SummerSlam. What are we going to do? Brock Lesnar. I mean, regardless of how you felt about him in the past, if that hit, if that massive tomatoey bastard came out, I'd just be finished. Yeah, he's um, awesome at knowing his value and knowing how to maximise his value, Brock Lesnar, isn't he? Paul Heyman's remarks that Brock Lesnar will do what Brock Lesnar wants to do when he was asked recently was so inspired because it's not ambiguous, is it? He's just telling us what we already know, is that Brock will just wait for the money to be right. He'll wait for the... I don't want to say creative, but he'll wait for the direction to be right. He'll want to know that what he's got coming up is is in keeping with what he expects for his character. He has, um, so he only appeared to drop the title at WrestleMania 36. That's his only contribution to pandemic pro wrestling. Uh, it's not a, an era that most wrestlers, not all, but most wrestlers will look back upon fondly. It's not one that they'll particularly want in their highlight package. A few mastered it, but not all. And Brock Lesnar just elected to leave it alone. He's probably really enjoyed the last year and a half. I bet he wishes all the world looked like this all the time. More people keeping out of his way, being ordered to stay in your house. In his case, <laughs> down that giant ranch in Canada where he lives. I just bet that the world the last couple of years just suited Brock Lesnar just fine. Um, but there's absolutely money to be made. There's a specialness. There's an aura that so few, so few are able to harness like Lesnar. And there's a reason why he always comes up in the conversation when WrestleMania comes around, and indeed a WrestleMania-like SummerSlam. The roadmap for Brock, uh, for Roman Reigns in terms of making him already more than a year, I guess, is John Cena, Brock Lesnar, The Rock. That feels like the order, but if the money's right, you can absolutely swap those first two around. And yes, Brock Lesnar's a no for SummerSlam right now, but I'm kind of with you. Like... It's a phone call away in July, isn't it? Even yeah. if it's a no in June. I think, do you know what I think? I think you can have your cake and eat it too. We talked about this yesterday. John Cena at SummerSlam. 
for, for Roman, this is. Brock comes back, defeats Bobby Lashley at SummerSlam. Guess what you've got for Survivor Series? Uh, oh. An inter-brand match I actually care about. <laughs> and then Rumble, it's the Rumble. You don't necessarily need a groundbreaking match for Roman. And yeah, do whatever you want with Brock because he's Brock. <laughs> Take the title off him, whatever. Um, or just imagine, and this is real fantasy land I've wandered into here. Brock Lesnar's music hits. He walks out, he gets the huge pop, huge reaction. And before he can do his jumping in the ring and bouncing around like a little tomato, Keith Lee's music hits. Because guess what? <laughs> He's back as well. And we're doing Triple H versus The Undertaker style build <laughs> for this sodding match. Because give Keith Lee something because I love him and I feel terrible for him. That'd be all right, wouldn't it, Hamlet? I'd go along with that just fine. Um yeah, I miss Keith Lee. I hope he's all right and I hope he's back soon. Mm. I, hope, I hope things are okay being Keith Lee right now because I love him dearly. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At bluenile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Before we go any further, though, this podcast is brought to you by Rocket Money. Do you ever feel like money is just flying out of your account and you've got no idea where it's going? Well, it's all those subscriptions. I mean, think about it. Between streaming services, fitness apps, delivery services, it is endless. I'm guilty of this, so I used Rocket Money to help me find out what subscriptions I'm actually spending money on, and it was more shocking than a wrestling betrayal. You see, Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in cancelled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. That's rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. Rocketmoney.com slash wrestling. You alluded to something a little bit earlier uh, regarding NXT. What, what do you think happens with them? Uh, you know, you sense that they aren't going to be touring like uh, like the main roster is. But it does feel like there's going to be maybe some big changes uh, or some big things planned for, whether it be takeovers or titles. What for you, Michael Hamflet, is next for NXT? Well, so the name I didn't want to mention in the prior list of people that could come to the the big show of the big pop um, was, of course, as Adam Wilborn does the pose in front of me on this Zoom call, Adam Cole, a baby, because that reaction in front of a live crowd is something I think we've all missed and we've all pined for. Um, look, it's 
Thursday before in your house as we record this. I've pitched that he wins the NXT title as soon as possible, and my prayers may be answered as early as Sunday. <laughs> um, rumours are uh, rumours are there that Karrion Cross could be main roster bound. He certainly looks and feels like a main roster prospect. So um, calls the guy for me to put the belt back on at the earliest point, and he feels even more so like the guy when takeovers are going to have a crowd again. The first NXT takeover is maybe one of the more important events in WWE history. I don't think it's hyperbolic to say that. Um, NXT has changed irreversibly since the last one, the last proper takeover. Takeover Portland was a banger of a show. Of course it was. It was a takeover in the old vein. It looked, felt and acted like every other takeover. Um, it wasn't perfect. Um, they'd kind of come out with that era of them being perfect, but it was awesome. It was like tightly produced most of the action was like four stars or there or thereabouts if stars are your thing if not just go back and listen to it with the sound up because you're just like hear that crowd going wild for all the good stuff um and this takeover has to be that this takeover has to this this first takeover with the crowd has to show nxt can still do what it did best um there's a lot of pressure if it fails then who knows what comes next for nxt because I think the weekly shows found its foot found its footing again in the post Wednesday Night War era. I think like I think more weeks are good than bad. I think more booking is dependable and solid rather than wacky and ham fisted and panicky. Like I think we're out of the worst of those excesses. Um, but AEW is like it has. I've said this on other podcasts. It's raised the standards. It's raised people's expectations. And if NXT wants to be the good WWE show for the want of a better phrase, you know, the best WWE show. Um, it has to live up to not only the standards that it set all those years ago, but the newer ones that have been set by, by AEW. And one thing AEW hasn't mastered, despite those rare standards, is pay-per-view. Mm. It's the super card. Um, a five-match takeover in a furnace of a sold-out building with five matches that pay off builds that people desperately want to watch that you now have faith again that the television can build to i again i'm not speaking for everybody i'm just speaking for me holds for me probably more anticipation than any other wrestling show in the world mm. personally the prospect of that specific hot takeover i can't think of something that i'm anticipating more personally and i can i can already think of two two matches and at least one moment that could po- probably do that MSK versus Grizzle Young Veterans 2. Oh, yeah. Match of the year contender for me, that. You could probably expedite Dakota Kai versus Raquel Gonzalez for the NXT Women's Championship. And then, I don't know about the world title. Like you say, it's all a bit up in the air. But potentially... Cole O'Reilly for the belt. Yes. Singles match. 20 minutes. Uncomplicated, awesome singles match with a hot crowd for the title. Like, just, just undo the nonsense of stand and deliver and do it properly. Yeah. Kyle O'Reilly being crowned NXT champion is the moment I was going to yeah. suggest. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Yeah. It's, it's, it's no, it's, you're right. It's, it's, it seems so easy. <laughs> I can see, but it seems so straightforward. <laughs> like, and if they absolutely must do an like 18 man ladder match in the opener, like at least there's pops, at least when people are just breaking their bodies for the cause, there's reactions. 
Plus, you could, if you want to do it and just crowbar and just be like, ah, it doesn't really make much sense, but it'll be a laugh, wouldn't it? Champer and Thatcher versus Gargano in theory, because then you can have yeah. Champer and Gargano. I know, I know, but it, it, we just, I just want nice things again. We've had 18 months of crap uh, just outside of wrestling. And I know, oh, technically, they've never fought each other. Again. Bollocks, who cares? Let's have Timothy Thatcher snap Austin Theory and that moment with Gargano and, and Champa facing off. And, and Gargano just being a bit of a Weasley knobhead. Like, this is going to sound flippant, but if you're watching NXT Weekly, you know that it won't. Like, NXT, uh, Dexter Lumis and Indy Hartwell's first kiss. Oh. Like, in front of the crowd. Like, um... They're in the process of building Io Shirai plus one, Poppy, mystery partner, we don't know, versus Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell for tag belts, right? Like, that match is going to bang. Have Io plus one win the belts, but, like, Indy Hartwell get Dexter Lumis and that be what really matters. And Candice LeRae just disconsolate that she's lost a belt and she's lost her best mate for the big romantic moment between the two. Uh, one of the big things you talk about in... in this article about what WWE needs to do when crowds come back is listen because you, you alluded to this when we talked about Edge at WrestleMania who's actually over we don't know do we uh, let's be perfectly honest no um, it's Edge was Edge is the one I keep going back to because I don't mind admitting when I'm wrong and I was like that pop that he got when he came out do you remember in the weeks leading up to WrestleMania where we were both kind of like this is a bit awkward, this, because it's just going to be the yes movement too. Edge is back. It's been a year and all of a sudden it's just, oh, Daniel Bryan again. <laughs> and it wasn't the case on the night, was it? Like there was a kind of muted response for Daniel Bryan as the third man in what turned out to be, like the fans wanted Edge's match and instead the booking had served him up as a quasi heel and Daniel Bryan as the, the great baby face hope. Ultimately, the booking was designed for Roman Reigns to crush the pair of them. So it didn't <laughs> matter too much. Yeah didn't affect the outcome but certainly i'll not forget that pop edge received for a long time people wanted to see edge and wanted to see this like reascension for this character they obviously had this deep affection for um and yeah it, it was hard watching on television because people press buttons to determine whether or not somebody's being booed or cheered um to determine what's over or not they even did it a couple of weeks ago on smackdown with roman reigns shaking his head at the wav like why Why are you people going on like this? They're not, mate. Like, <laughs> you're shaking your head at somebody pressing a soundboard. Um, yeah, it's just really hard. Um, my big dread, my biggest dread is that crowds, I don't know what the noise it is that they, that they make that shows that they're enjoying this, but crowds react or respond um, overwhelmingly positively to Alexa Bliss and Lily. Like when they come out... I don't even know what the reaction is. I don't know if it's booze. I don't know if it's cheers, but heat. If that act has got heat, then I got about 15 tweets and I need to quickly delete. You know, like it's, just, I, I don't know. Like it's, but we don't know. And that's, that's kind of the magic. And you have about three weeks where every live event, every TV taping is a free hit. Get them out there. Listen, look, look at the shirts being bought and worn. Mm -hmm. Listen to the reactions not just for the entrances, not just for the results, but midway through the match. Mm. Like, really watch and listen to those matches and see where fans are sitting on their hands because they shouldn't be, because it's been over a year and nobody should be sitting on their hands. Every match should have everybody's full attention, even the calm down matches, even the let me up matches. 
this should be the best ones ever because how long has it been? You know, and I just think that like, if there's, this is not a time, I, I'm going to name names and I don't want to be like brutal, but like, this is not a time for the Baron Corbins or the Jinder Mahals, you know, where you kind of, I'm just going to say it right. I went for a piss during Randy Orton and AJ Styles at WrestleMania 35. This is not a time for matches that you designate as the ones where you can go for a piss. Mm. So look and listen and see what those are and maximise the ones where nobody is leaving the seat. Yeah, if I had my way and I had two wishes, only two for some reason, that I can have from the WWE audience, as much as I'd love for them to not turn on Drew McIntyre, because he's been forced down our throats, but he's carried the company for a year. Let's mm-hmm. be nice to him. It's not his fault that they booked him poorly and made him become a bit of an arsehole on, on Monday Night Raw. And I'd love to see the reaction again for Cesaro so the WWE goes, oh yeah, he's over. Two things, yeah. I'm only allowed to sit on your in hands for Alexa Bliss and Lily, right? <laughs> not give them any excuse to give me more of that. Number two, make Rick Boogs the most over person in the entire company. <laughs> because Shinsuke Nagamura is, I don't know, just gives me life. So yeah, more of that, please. Um, let's conclude uh, with something that WWE can probably learn. We know they listen, probably can learn from these podcasts and what we do every single show. And that's send the fans home happy, Michael Amp. <laughs> I- it's, it's so hard to ask, you know? This is such a hard thing to ask. Um, give audiences a nice time. Um, I mentioned elsewhere in the list about a, a babyface win in the opener mm-hmm. because that's a, that's a nice thing to enjoy it. Like, takes a crowd that you've fired up for the, those first, like, opening pyro and the first big entrances and you give them a win. Do it at the other end as well. This was Vince McMahon's whole deal, once upon a time. Before... He had all the goodness entirely drained out of his soul. And he just <laughs> wanted you, the fan, to hate everything as much as he does. This was their everything. They would restructure cards so that the babyface would win at the end of the night. You know, Bruce Pritchard's old line about Hogan must pose. So, like, even if he wasn't the winner of the match, he would come back out at the end and he would be involved in the finish somehow so that he would get his pose down and people would leave with their lasting memory being of Hulk Hogan being in their town doing those double biceps for another 10 minutes. Doesn't matter about the match quality. Doesn't really matter about the feud going into it. If that baby face is popular enough that when he or she gets the win and fans are leaving pleased, then you've done your job. Um, I wasn't looking... I'm going to go back to WrestleMania 35 again. I wasn't looking at the clock and panicking how the hell I was going to get back to my hotel at one in the morning as Becky Lynch was raising the belts. Mm. I'm just really glad to see Becky Lynch raising the belts. You know, I, was, I wasn't thinking about how actually physically drained I was from spending an entire working day sat in a um, giant football stadium watching a wrestling show. Just really pleased to see Becky lift the belts. Um, I was very critical of Stadium Stampede too, but I cannot fault hmm. like the circle singing Judas in the ring with the fans at the end of Double or Nothing. That element of it was bang right, even if I hated the rest of it. Do, like, just do that. Figure out what that is. It cannot be I love Roman Reigns. I love the Tribal Chief. Like, it can't be him staring over like a dead Jimmy Uso. And like, oh, yeah. So, like, come back next time, see more families in complete disarray. Just like, just something nice. I mean, to be fair, I, I was going to say, it doesn't have to be a babyface victory for something like SummerSlam. Like, I genuinely think the relief of, oh, thank God, they haven't just given up on this Roman Reigns push. Him beating John Cena in the main event is sending the fans home happy. But I completely yeah. understand that not every show needs to end with, like, well, who can stop this guy? 
Like Money <laughs> yeah. in the Bank, for example, the first show, the first pay-per-view with fans back. If he's fighting, whoever he's fighting, right? Let's just say he's fighting Jimmy Uso, right? Mm. If he's beating him, which he is, obviously. He ain't dropping that title on a you know B-level pay-per-view. Let's put that co-main and let's put main event. Any of the money in the bank matches where a babyface is going to win it, right? Okay. Not Jackson Riker, not Jackson Riker <laughs> standing tall at the end of money in the bank, please. But I know he's not a babyface, but it, it, fans would be happy if Sami Zayn won it or Big E won it or, you know, Xavier Woods won it. He like, it's just, please just think, what wouldn't the internet eat itself over and book that basically? I just, like, we have all the world in all our different ways suffered somehow through this period and i just want wwe the escapist entertainment to alleviate some suffering once in a while like <laughs> i don't think that i don't think that's a big ask as somebody that has like spent financially and emotionally quite a lot on this company over like three decades mm-hmm. to get that sense of escape what i don't need from the first major pay-per-view with a crowd is for michael cole to say we are so grateful for the wwe universe to be back but the Usos are on lockdown and we are all trapped in this Romandemic. Like, I don't I don't need WWE's rebranded sadness just because we've escaped the real life one. Like, I, I, I go nuts, go as nuts as you like. Like, I, to be honest, right, because I think it would have got a pop. Imagine if the crowds came back for um, Fastlane or whenever it was. And like they got the first glimpse of the burned girl, like because we've been waiting for so long, haven't we? After like Randy Orton set him on fire, like even that I think would have like the reaction for that would have been, oh my god, Bray's back, <laughs> and he's, and he's been boiled. Like I think that would be, I think that would be satisfactory, um, because it would just get that noise. It would bring the noise, just not heel as you say staring down there like the hard camera so like uh, Roman's a bad example because if it is seen as you say there's a different context to that kind of result but something like I'm not picking on him because I love him but like nobody can stop the almighty Bobby Lashley oh great Uh, I guess I'll tune in tomorrow then (laughs) it it doesn't like fill you full of confidence does it it's going to be the fiend holding up a a weird different money in the bank briefcase that's his also his head somehow now that's for six grand on wwshop.com that's what's going to happen isn't it but anyway let us know your thoughts on what needs to happen when wwe crowds return on twitter i'm really intrigued about this at what culture wwe watch there follow both of us you can follow michael hamlet at michael hamlet Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE, of course, as I said. Uh, and make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from for daily wrestling podcasts. But this has been Get the Table. My thanks to Michael Hamlet. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. <laughs>